you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. We are going to have a great day today. I have some friends who went to Peru with me a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to invite all of them to come up here with me. I know I'm changing up your plan, but we are fluid. <laughs> this beautiful group of people servants of the Lord, had the privilege to go to Peru for about 10 days, minister in public schools, on the streets, in plazas, set up clean water sites for the people in Peru who don't have clean water. And we are so excited to share with you today what the Lord did in Peru. Hallelujah. Andrew is going to start us off. So while Andrew starts us off, those who need to go do something else can go do something else and then come back. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Hang on, Andrew. This is my friend Andrew. He is very excited to testify. Amen. He is overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony. Andrew, would you share with us what happened in Peru? So if you look at the screens, um, I was on the water team. And so what we did is we were in Lima, but we were two hours outside of Lima in this small little village on the side of a mountain. So that's the church that we were at. And what we were doing is we were giving them clean water. Right now, the way that it works is the city brings out water, puts it in a reservoir, and that's it. Bacteria, insects, that's it. So the good thing about being on the water team, it really only took four or five people to set up the reservoirs that we were doing and the filtration system. So the remaining people got to go into the village and you know pray with the people that were there. And that way they're not just standing around. So while we were working, we had people walk by like, oh, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing this. Let me tell you about Jesus. So these are people that are just coming to Christ while we were there. We'll be working and then all you're here is, guys, guys, they're gonna accept Jesus. So everyone would come running, we'd pray over them. We found a little girl in the mountains. This little girl right here couldn't walk when we first got to her. After we were done praying, she was walking. Praise God. Her, her mother turned down a wheelchair. We were going to give her a wheelchair just for the time. And she was like, no, I believe my daughter can walk. And if you do that, then she's just going to be enabled. While we were up there, we got her a new pair of shoes because the shoes she had didn't fit. Look at the smile on her face. It's just, it's a pair of shoes, and it costs us like $10. They live in houses that are just four, room, or four walls and a roof. Dirt floor, dirty water. And just the, the joy that they had, though. They were like, you know, this is the life that we have, but thank you for coming out here and doing this. That little girl, her mother was so enamored with, don't worry about that picture. <laughs> My Peru people know what that is. Her mother was so enamored with a couple that was with us that she asked them to be the girl's godparents. 
She was like, you know, you guys have such a love for my daughter that you just met. Will you be her godparents? They said, yes. So they're going back in December to watch her get baptized, right? Praise God for that. And, you know, I had a different experience than the people that were in the city. Uh, just a little bit. I had better food. I'm not going to lie. But what was that? Put it right here. There we go. Hey, I can hear myself now. But it was just, you know, it's so awesome to see God move in an instant. You know, you're out there, you're giving them clean water. They're excited about the clean water. And people that are, you know, learning, like, well, why is the water we drink aren't clean? Well, let me explain to you what's wrong with the water that you're drinking. And the water we gave them tasted fine. They were like, it's going to taste like pool water. Look at this. This little kid, first time drinking clean water. And it was just such an amazing experience. It took us like 20 minutes to get everything set up. We did that. We also gave them a running bathroom. Praise God for that. And it's just, how can you not love these faces? And these faces that are just, you know, there for Jesus. And it, God just moved in so many different directions that it wasn't even funny. We thought, there's 15 of us, and we only need really five to do this. What are the other people going to do? They found God was like, no, you're here for a reason. We're going to go into the city. Amen. So that's what God did for us. Thank you, Andrew. We can definitely clap for that. So that was a great start to a whole lot of testimonies that you're going to hear today. So we got to be a part of One Nation One Day. We went to Peru to minister. And as you already hear, the Lord met us there. The Lord provided for his people there. And their hearts are open. They're ready to receive from the Lord. So the other, the rest of us, we were on the ministry team. We went into public schools. We went to street corners. We went to plazas and just tried to get people's attention to see what would happen. There was this whole presentation that was planned out. We did a dance. We did a silly, silly skit. And you know what? People loved it. They stopped on the street corner to watch these Americans dance. And it was hysterical. And we were good at it too. <laughs> and so the close of that presentation was a drama that we're going to share with you now. So if the rest of the team will go ahead and come in. Easy. 
that drama was the conclusion of our ministry presentation. And it was amazing how in just a few short minutes, we were able to gather attention and then bring something significant to the people that were watching to communicate a message to them that they have worth, that they're valuable, that they're loved, that they matter to someone. You also just met an ex- another friend of ours. His name is Tim. This is missions. When something surprises us, we say, hey, Tim showed up. And we find a way, right, to adapt and overcome and make it work. That's right. Just like water, we're staying super fluid. So John is going to share with us an incredible testimony that happened on the very first day, right? Amen, amen. Uh, God is good, isn't he? Uh, Before I get into my testimony, I just want to tell you guys that had it not been for you guys, we wouldn't have gone. Your support, yes, give it up, give it up, get it up for yourself and you guys clap for them. Thank you for sending us uh, all the fundraising that we did. You guys out of your own pockets sent us. So guess what? You guys went to Peru even though you didn't go. So, and you guys were with us in our hearts. So my testimony was of the first day. So we've stopped at this one place to actually just practice. It, it, it was a spot that we were going to minister at, but we were just practicing that, that point. So we were getting set up and kind of going through a little bit of routine. And we were by ourselves at first, but the kids came out. We had a, a teacher or a coach. Yes, there we go. There's the kids right there. Uh, there's a teacher or a coach that came out with 23 kids. And we had just kind of started practicing a little bit they kind of came over and it's like, let's do it. Tim, he showed up the first day. So we went through our routine. It was just incredible. It just seemed like it was flawless as it went forth on our first day, our first time doing it. Uh, and we had practiced a little bit here at the church and at uh, Sandy's house. But I mean, God just showed up. Uh, Linda, at the end of it, there's a, a net that we call a, a, a kind of a message at the end. Uh, Linda shared her testimony about what God had done in her life. And at the end of it, she, does anybody want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior? And if you've gone through OSL, you've been taught through Mark chapter 4, the seed and the sower. Uh, some fell on the wayside, some on the thorny ground or the, the rocky soil, some on the thorns and some on good soil. And in the good soil, there's different levels of of reaping of, of the seeds, we had 100%. 23 kids gave their life to the Lord, that, that first one, the very first one, and the teacher too. So I don't know if you saw the, the circle of the kids there. There was a big circle of all of us. At, at that point, we just all linked hands. We had our interpreter there. I led them all through a sinner's prayer, uh, 100%. For the very first one, I mean, that was so exciting. And what God, I think, was telling us was going to happen throughout. And you'll hear many testimonies of what God did uh, through that. So uh, praise God, and I thank you guys for sending us. Thank you, John. So day one certainly did not disappoint. Sandy, would you come up and share your testimony with us? Yes. <laughs> okay, well, on this trip, of course, it's to a Spanish-speaking country, and most of us on our team didn't speak Spanish, so how important do you think interpreters are? 
Super important. So the first day we start off, we had one interpreter, Anthony, that then towards the end of the day, another guy named Saul joined us, and actually Saul. <laughs> and uh, anyways, on the bus ride back, I just started talking to him, just kind of find out who he was and what he was doing. And he told me a little bit about himself. And then I, I asked him about the church and he was like, yeah, I used to be really involved with the church. I used to do these things. I used to, and I was like, used to, used to. I, I made sure I was understanding him correctly, you know. And then um, because of OSL, I, I mean, I could tell that, that, that there was an evangelistic thing that needed to happen. And so because of OSL, I knew how to go, what to do next. So we developed our testimonies in OSL, our personal testimonies of how we got born again. And so I shared with that, that when I was a child, when I was seven years old, I used to ride the church bus to church. And then one day when I was at church, they invited anybody who wanted to come up and go in the dunking tank to come up front. Of course, you know, the dunking tank to a seven-year-old is the baptismal. <laughs> so when I went up there, the most amazing thing happened, and they introduced me to Jesus. They told me that he was the son of God who created everything, and that he loved me, and that he died for me, and that he wanted me to be in his family. And I was like, sign me up. And I told him I've been that way ever since. And so um, I was just kind of quiet. God just had me be quiet, and I could see on his face contemplation, I could just see God working on his heart. And then pretty soon he looked over at me and he says, I've never done that. I said, do you want to? <laughs> so we could do it right now. And then John was sitting right there here and he came right over and led him in the sinner's prayer and praise the Lord, Saul is saved. Hallelujah. I love that testimony because we went knowing, hey, we've got specific places we're going to go. But then guess what? They're just regular interactions that you have with your translator who's not saved. There were some teams of people who had translators sent to them from the university. So otherwise, every translator that we were teamed up with was part of the church in Peru. But there were kids sent from the university that weren't saved. They got saved. There were photographers who weren't saved. They got saved. There were bus drivers who were taking all of these teams to their ministry sites all day for five days that got saved. So as, as we sow, we reap. And just like John said, everyone here who sowed in to this, either financially or baking something for our bake auction, or praying for us, you all sowed into the ministry that happened in Peru. And you all reap with us, because God said so. And I get to share with you next. So for two days, we went into public school and we were combined with another team who was all from the Anaheim campus. Some of you may remember Pastor Monica, who ministered here in February. She was leading that squad, and so we got to partner with her squad, and it was incredible. The first school that we went into, now let me tell you this also. The Minister of Education in Peru told us you cannot give a gospel message from the microphone. So the entire presentation is secular. We don't say God, we don't say Jesus, no reference to anything. So we're in a public school, do our presentation, Pastor Monica at the end talks to the kids to encourage them and to say, hey, you're loved, because we can still say that, right? That's the truth, God loves them. 
So we can say you're loved. You don't have to be involved in drugs and alcohol, junior hires, to feel good about yourselves. You don't have to try to please other people. You alone are worth everything. So that's the message that we get to give of love and inspiration and encouragement. So at the end of this secular presentation, Pastor Monica says, if you want to talk to me more about this, just meet me over here at the side of the stage. 16 girls came up, received salvation, and were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then the school invited us to come back the next day. The teacher said, our kids need to hear this. This is what they need to hear. The harvest is white. Hearts are more open than those hearts, than the people that occupy that space of that heart even realize. But they're ready. So then um, we went to another site with Pastor Monica's team to another school and ministered at that school. Same thing, totally secular presentation. At the end, 20 girls received salvation. And then in addition to that, the teachers that are standing in the back just to be there because they're the teachers came up to us at the end and they said, I want that too. The spiritual leaders of Peru have been crying out to the Lord. They have been asking the Lord to send people for their country. And the Lord responded by sending these 5,000 missionaries to Peru to share the love of Jesus with them. And their hearts are open and they receive. People walking down the street, their hearts were open. Our Peruvian team that we are partnered with, you see some of them, they're the ones that look less white than us in the pictures. It was so much fun to partner with them. All right, now that I've talked about Pastor Monica, she actually made a short video to share with you guys. And so if you will draw your attention to the screens, we'll watch that now. Hey, Hesperia family, Monica Stenberg here. I wanted to take a moment to tell you how wonderful it was to be in Peru with my Hesperia family, Squad 7 and Squad 8, which was my squad, mixed together for a couple of occasions and had the incredible opportunity to move in the love and power of God in Peru. I wanted to share with the family that was back at home, you would have been so proud of every one of your team members. Your entire squad represented the your congregation in ways that were, it was just incredible. The unity, the love, the compassion and the power of God moving through each one of them. I was especially excited to be uh, put together with them because you guys are my family and I love seeing you guys. I'm used to getting to see you on your campus, but it was awesome to see them in Peru. I also wanted to take a moment to re-speak a word that I spoke to Pastor Jeff back in September, I believe, of last year. It was at the beginning of the Hebrew calendar year as the Lord began to minister out of Psalm to me. And he, this passage has said that all your paths drip with abundance and that the Lord would crown the year 
with goodness. I wanna speak that word to you right now, that the Lord will crown the year with goodness and that all your paths will drip with abundance. The, the Hebrew calendar year is about 16 months. So I wanna encourage you to really begin to look for this. Look for a rising of the rivers of abundance in your life. Begin to believe and reach for those things that God is speaking to you. God wants to bless you. He wants to increase you. He wants to cause uh, goodness to abound in every way. I'll tell you what I saw through your team in Peru. I saw the goodness and the abundance of God all over them. They were without uh, lack in any way. They they did not lack unity. They did not lack energy. They did not lack power. I see it in these areas. And I want to encourage you. I believe this is going to begin to be seen in financial ways and in ministry ways and in relational ways. For families that have been waiting for some restoration, let me tell you something. God's abundance is coming to you. And you're going to see those uh, restored relationships begin to pop up everywhere like flowers popping up. You're going to begin to see it. I sure love you guys. And I look forward to coming and uh, visiting again soon. Love you. Bless you. Bye-bye. It was such a blessing to partner with another squad who was in great and complete unity in that squad to bring our squad that was in unity together. The power of the Lord was there and was with us. One of the schools that we visited, um, the translators had told us ahead of time about some areas of particular struggle in that school. It was violence, bullying, Discipline issues, kids not listening to their teachers, and we saw it when we got there. The kids came out, and the teacher spent at least five minutes trying to get the kids to just line up and stand in front of the stage. Everyone was rowdy and nuts and would not listen. They finally settled down enough that we could start, and we realized that that spirit of oppression, the heaviness that was over that school, was significant. And so these incredible people, along with the other squad, prayed, declared that that school would be set free, came against that spirit. And what we saw in within five minutes was the kids settling down and sitting down. They were never instructed to sit down, but they wanted to hear and and that spirit, that oppression was broken over that place to the point where those kids could sit and listen. And that was the school where we received 20 salvations at the end of the message. Our next testimony is coming from Randall. Morning, guys. How's it going? Good morning. Uh, I again, we just can't thank you enough for allowing us the amazing opportunity to share the love of God with the Peruvian people. To all of your support and your prayers and everything, we could feel it when we were there. We we knew you guys were praying for us, and we appreciate it so much. Um, from the very first day when we got there, we knew that this was. A special trip. We knew that the Lord had his hand in this trip. And from the very first day, we had, God was moving in signs and wonders and miracles to prove that this was from the Lord, what we were doing. And not, uh, not from the very first moment that we had heard one of the squads that missed their bus, uh, the bus was late, they ended up praying with just people passing by on the street and saw blind eyes open 
and a lady that threw down her crutches and was able to walk. And so they just started praying over people till their bus got there. And that was, and that's how the whole thing started. That was the very first day. So as for my testimony, we got to go to a church site uh, on Thursday night. We got to go minister and uh, Pastor Jen spoke and Pastor Luke from Anaheim gave an amazing message and just an incredible time with the Lord, uh, worshiping and hearing the word alongside our Peruvian uh, team. It was just an amazing time. But at the end of the service, uh, Pastor Luke, Pastor Jen gave a message on the harvest being white, that these people are ready. They're so ready to receive what God has for them. And then Pastor Luke followed it up with a message of healing, that God is going to move in signs and wonders to prove it to them, that he is real, that he is here, that he wants to do for them everything that, that he's saying. And so in praying over people, I drew one of the translators up. His name was Anthony. You might see him on the screen. He's the, the younger looking gentleman that hung out with us most of the time. I pulled him up to translate with me to start praying over people. And you could just feel the, the energy, the power of the spirit in the room. It was just uh, unimaginable because of the faith of the Peruvians and our faith. And we started praying for the first uh, person that came up to pray with Anthony and I uh, was a woman with scoliosis. And after Anthony and I prayed, her back was complete, completely straightened. And she got to go test it out and then go sit down in the congregation. Uh, and, and then the second person we had come up, she prayed over uh, her, her family. It was a, a family that was struggling. And we prayed over her. She felt the Lord lifting her up and lifting her spirits. And then the second lady we prayed for, or I'm sorry, then... Uh, there was another couple that we prayed for. The couple asked for an unspoken healing. They, they didn't want to give us the, the, what actually was going on. And the whole time the translator is just translating my English. And, and we're having a hard time hearing. And so I had to look at him and say, it's okay, the Holy Spirit will, will tell us what to pray. And so even in not being able to hear each other, not being able to quite uh, hear what is going on, the Holy Spirit is moving. And the couple, again, is completely healed of the unspoken prayer. And I feel like the Lord told Anthony and I what it was. But they, but they were completely healed, walked away crying. And uh, another lady, a church worker, when the, there was no one left to pray for, we asked, is there anyone else? Can you bring more people up? And they went and found a lady who was a nursery worker. She had two herniated discs. And I, we didn't understand if they were fused already or if they were going to fuse them. And we prayed for her. And all of a sudden she starts weeping and she says, I can move, I can move. And she's bending and touching her toes. And, and the whole time I'm telling the translator, you, you are the one praying for these people in, in, in Spanish. And he's like, whoa, this is crazy. And, uh, and so, <clears throat> yes. And then we had another little girl come up. The, the church worker that was healed ran back and grabbed another little girl who was deaf. And she had hearing aids in. And the moment I touched this little girl, the, just the love that the Lord had for her overwhelmed me. I couldn't even speak. It was just amazing. And again, we prayed for this little girl and her ears. And I asked the, the mom, okay, well, is there a way to test it to know if, if she's healed and the mom pulls out her hand she said I pulled this out while you were praying and she's answering you she had the hearing aid in her hand <clears throat> and so but I mean and this was not 
this was not a isolated event. We saw crazy stuff all week long. Just all week long, people were being healed, people were being set free, marriages being restored, people that were on the brink of suicide, literally ready to walk away to commit suicide, and team, other teams had prayed with them and found out from our Peruvian team members that, that one instance, a young man had lost his job, his family, and everything, and was getting ready to leave to go commit suicide. They prayed with him, prayed the salvation prayer, prayed that God would restore him. The next day they called and said he got a job, he found a place to live, and that he's doing amazing and wants to join the team. And so, uh, and uh, Courtney today isn't feeling well. Her, she has a, a sinus cold. Uh, so I was going to give her testimony as well. On the very same night, the, the night we went to the church and prayed for the people, uh, we, we partnered with Pastor Luke and the youth from Anaheim. And some of the youth kids that know London went out in the crowd and grabbed London and pulled him up to pray for this couple be, who were deaf. They were signing each other. And the youth kids pulled them up to be prayed for. And the, the lady ended up receiving complete healing over her ears. And the man received a partial healing, which we believe God is going to continue. But London, in the middle of this, is just weeping and pouring it out. He, there's something changed in his heart for us as parents. It was, it was amazing to see him step out into the gifts that we know that God has called him to at such a young age, and then to send him off to camp to go do that at camp. <laughs> we were just overjoyed, but it was such an amazing moment to watch my son step out in the things that God has for him. Amen. Thank you, guys. Our God is the faithful God, and he does not let us down. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that is why today we see miracles just like we saw in the Bible. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Next up is Ed. I'm sorry you got me after you got Randall, so. Okay. Monday morning, team meeting. Whenever you hear about a salvation or a healing, what do you say? Gloria a Dios. Should have said that first thing. <laughs> okay, um, Monday, we're out in a marketplace, and um, I'm just this old white guy from Southern California, don't speak Spanish. And we're out there, we did our uh, presentation, now we're out handing out flyers and everything. And we're walking up, and it's a huge market. And we're walking up and down, and, and we're handing out these flyers. And we, we passed this one, um, this one market stall, and uh, there's, a, there's an elderly woman, um, elderly being in her 50s or so, not, not old, old, just elderly. She had her daughter and, and some others there, and her daughter was there, and her daughter kept looking over at us, and I'm looking over at her, and I'm so, you know, I walk over and I hand her a flyer, and, and she speaks to me in Spanish, and I'm like, no habla espanol, and I walk back across the street, and, and we're kind of mulling around, talking, discussing, and... Um, I guess she started talking to her mom, and then um, they just kept pointing at me. And I'm like looking over and going over here and looking over, and they just, and the daughter just kept saying, that guy, that guy. I think that's what she was saying. She just, <laughs> so finally I'm like, I'm like me, and she's like, yeah. So I walk back over there, 
And, and she started talking to her mom, and I'm just like standing there listening. And then Anthony, our interpreter, you know, I'm like, come on over. And so Anthony comes on over, and then um, I'm nervous. I don't, I've never done this before. This is my first missions trip. And Anthony's talking to her, and I get that her name is Carmen. That's about all I get. And then Anthony's like, she wants prayer. So I'm like, what do I pray? And I'm like, and Anthony's waiting for me because I'm the experienced guy from California. <laughs> so to be honest with you, to, that's Anthony. And, and to be honest with you, I don't know what I prayed, but I prayed. And, and Anthony interpreted. And I'd say something, Anthony'd say something. I'd say something, Anthony'd say something. And then, um, then I said amen. And then um, she kind of she got up and went back to her cash register and we went back across the street and I, and I told Courtney, I says, I says, man, I messed that one up. I don't, know, I don't know what I did. It was just garble. And Courtney encouraged me. She said, whatever you prayed, that's what God wanted her to hear at that time. You know? And then um, Saturday at the, at the stadium, okay, there, another time. Amazing, amazing event. We're there. We're praising. Um, the salvation call goes out. Um, there's this one vendor uh, a Peruvian vendor, and he's selling popcorn. And he stopped by our he stopped by our group, and I had my back turned because we had our stuff here, and so I was kind of like the the guy making sure our stuff's here. Everybody else is looking at the stage, and we're we're praising God and everything. And and this Peruvian, he's kind of he's kind of looking at me, and he's kind of looking up there, and and you know you could see it in his eyes. So then you know I could see that he he wants to accept Jesus. So I'm like calling Randall, and Randall, you know, his Spanish is like this, you know, so he's like, Randall kind of goes over there and, and tries to, and then there was two other, two other interpreters from a YWAM uh, squad, two women, and they jumped over, and they started um, praying over this guy, uh, and um, they prayed over him, and then um, he accepted Jesus at the stadium that night, and... Um, they were handing out, they were handing out flyers and books, and I seen this guy. He was, you know, he was kind of like standing out all alone. I'm like making sure, hey, come on over. And some guys coming around flyers. I'm like that guy right there. Make sure he gets it. And uh, we hugged after. He was like appreciative that I was paying attention to him. But um, that was a salvation. Awesome. Those were those were two good ones. But I want to say something real quickly out of line because I had a lot to say. There, there's another picture up here where you'll see Linda and I with uh, basketballs and soccer balls. We were given the responsibility, the duty pushed into it, to give honor to the school. One of the things is we want to give honor. We want to give honor to the schools for allowing us to come in. And so the, the guy in the middle of that picture, he was at a school before. He's, a, he's an administrator. He was at a school before, and I don't know why. But he saw me, and I was somebody that he identified with for some reason. So when we got to this school, he's coming up to me telling me, I want a group picture. So I'm like telling Pastor Jen, he wants a group picture. So then afterwards, we had, we had the balls to give away, but we wanted to give it to the principals. So he helped. We went in. Um, long story short, Pastor Jen's like, Ed... <laughs> So we went, and, and um, we weren't able to see the, the principal. He was out doing something else. So we made a video, and then um, we, left the, we left it with him. But that was our job, was to give honor to the school. Likewise,
I want to give honor to Pastor Jen. You have a Pastor Jennifer here who had a gifting of discernment. She led us, she had a team that was following her no matter what, that listened to her. She was in charge. She knew exactly what to do, who was to do what, when they were to do it. She would not give up. She made sure that we went into the schools, that we were doing our jobs. You have a, you have a Pastor Jennifer here. I just want to give you honor that you deserve. Thank you, Ed. It was, <laughs> it was definitely a joy and a privilege to serve with my amazing friends. How many of you have ever been on a missions trip before? You one nation, one dares. Good. So a majority have not. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. It was a treasured time to be with you. Um, so we've heard a lot about what God did, and he did not let us down. And listen, as new as these testimonies are to you, they're new to me too. I realize I didn't get to hear everything that happened. People were off ministering and praying for people, and I had no idea. What an incredible joy that is for me to see you guys ministering. I love it. We're going to transition into um, some testimonies about how God changed our lives. Because just as God met the Peruvians and provided for them, he changed us also. So Rebecca. Would you share with us a little bit about how God changed your life? Thank you. So, I am not, I am very shy when it comes to people that I don't know. I don't like to go up and say, oh, hello. You know, that's just not me. I'm very shy. If I know you, I'm talkative, very much so. But, um, so when we went over there, you know, it took me a couple days to really warm up to what I was doing and stuff. And so while we were in the schools, you know, I, we had the flyers to hand out so they could come to um, Saturday, the big event. And so I was just like, oh, here, you know, comes. Well, I wasn't saying it because I don't speak Spanish, <laughs> but <laughs> I'd hand it out to everyone, you know. And so um, I had, towards the end of our week, I had one of our translators, Lise, come with me. And, you know, I was just talking to a couple girls and, um, you know, one of these girls asked me to pray for her, to pray for her family and for her to be better at school. So I did that. And again, that's not me. I don't usually do that, but I couldn't say no. So I did it and I prayed. And as dad said, you know, it wasn't the best prayer, but it was a prayer. So, yeah. Um, and then when we were out doing the markets and on the streets, I was just, you know, I'd be one of the first ones to grab some flyers and go hand them out and, you know, hand them out to people and I would talk to some people. And yeah. So I guess it pushed me further out of my comfort zone 
to talk to people. Thank you. It is who you are, Rebecca. It is who you are. Randall, did you have another one to share from Courtney? We're going to let Randall come up and testify again on Courtney's behalf. We'll give him some special privilege today. Uh, anyways, uh, I really did touch on what Courtney had to say, but the one part that I did miss in the testimony earlier was just the, the response from the Peruvian team and watching them own the ministry that they were doing and working alongside them, uh, just like we were told from the very beginning that we are working side by side with church workers from Peru. We are not the answer. We are the help to what to, they are the answer. Peruvian, the Peruvian church is the answer. We are just here to catalyze, to push, to send off, to give them the tools and all of the, the, just that extra boost that they had needed. They had talked about how they had hit a wall for so many years in the Peruvian church. And with this move of the spirit and one nation one day has just kicked open the floodgates. And, and we had seen that. And uh, again, that was one of the major things actually that Courtney had wanted me to share. And that was the major thing that she, she pressed on was how by the end of the week, our Peruvian team just took over and they were, we would do the dance and the ministry and they did all of the speaking, they did all of the praying and they just took it from us by the horns and it was amazing to see them do that and we want to just honor them and what they're doing and the amazing, the amazing uh, church in Peru and the way that they're taking a hold of what we've helped them to accomplish. And it, we didn't just go to make converts. We went to make disciples. And the Peruvian church is right there to pick up all of the people that have been saved and disciple them. Thank you, Randall. All right. Our final testimony is coming from Linda today. And listen, guys, this is just our final testimony during service, okay? If you want to hear more testimonies, stop anybody in a red shirt, and we will share with you. We will not let you down. Right, Linda? That's right. <laughs> it is almost impossible to verbalize some of the things that um, we experienced with God. I know that I have come back, and my faith has grown leaps and bounds because of what I saw. Um, last year, when they first presented One Nation One Day to us as a congregation, I was sitting in my chair, and I knew God said, that's for you. And I'm like, okay, I am on it, God. And I didn't hesitate one moment because I have learned to listen to that small, still voice years ago. God called me over 48 years ago to missions, and this was an exciting step to be called again to do one more time for him. And um, I'm more of the senior of the group, not the old lady. Um, <clears throat> and 
Um, I knew that with this call, there was going to be some challenges for each of us to face. And my challenge was a physical situation, not just due to age, but several years ago, I came down with an extreme case of chronic fatigue to the point I couldn't work for over 10 months. I couldn't even barely take care of myself. The first month or so, Ken had to help me with almost my basic needs is how bad I had it. And so when God called me last year, I was only two years into my recovery, but I had been believing that God was going to completely heal me. He had given me a scripture while I was sick because thoughts went through my mind, is this the end? Because they didn't know what was wrong with me. And God said, this sickness isn't unto death. And so I knew God wasn't through with me yet. And so when he called me last year, I knew that he was going to provide. And it was going to take a step of faith on my part. And there was times it was really difficult as we were practicing the dances. There was times I was almost in tears because I physically couldn't do it. And I just kept believing and kept walking out in faith. God, you've called me to this. Then you're going to have to provide the healing. You're going to have to provide the strength that it's going to take to do this. And even up to about a week before, I was still struggling immensely with doing it. And I was getting frustrated. And I was like, God, you know, I know you've called me. So I know that you're going to take care of this. Sorry, I had to bring notes to keep me on time. And um, so anyways, I just continued to walk in faith. We took off and, and I felt God strengthening my body. Our days were grueling. I mean, let me tell you. And after a day of ministry, being on the road, practicing, we had six flights of stairs to climb to go get our meal in the evening. And that was challenging for all of us. And by the end of the week, I realized how much healing God had done in my body because I was able to do all that and walk in perfect healing. I took a book with me to read on the plane because we were going to be have some downtime. And I grabbed one of my books that I hadn't read, and it was Sun Stand Still by Stephen Furtick. And I don't know if any of you have read it, but he is talking about the faith that Joshua had in the midst of his impossibility. And he told God and he prayed God for the sons to stand still. And I realized that God had done that in my life. He took my impossibility in my own flesh and he touched my body so that I could do the impossible. And I want to encourage each of you that there are things you face in your own lives that seems impossible. And I want to hear to share with you that God will make that sun stand still for you in your lives. Whether it's finances, relationships, a call to ministry, it could be a call to go on a missions trip, it could be just about anything that seems impossible in the flesh and in your own life. And I knew it wasn't by chance I took that book. I knew God was confirming what he had done in my own life. Thank you for all your love and prayers.
Is anyone here encouraged by these testimonies? Encouraged that our God is real and that he is proving himself with signs and wonders. I want to read to you a scripture. It is Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We are commissioned by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to take his gospel everywhere. Jerusalem, here. Hesperia, the high desert. And in all Judea, say San Bernardino County, California, right? Like the next layer out. And Samaria and to the end of the earth. There is no place that is left out. He calls us to reach people everywhere, from here all the way to Peru. Um, would you put up John 4:35, please? When we were ministering at the Peruvian church on Thursday night, um, I was able to share this verse with them as an encouragement. The Lord had shown me while we were driving on the bus with our translators as, as, and our Peruvian team as we saw them taking over more and more ministry and seeing them encouraged to step out. The Lord showed me that, just like Randall said, is that we were there as a catalyst to help them, but that the Peruvian church has everything that they need to reach their own people in Peru, and that the harvest is white in Peru, just as the Bible says. John 4.35 says, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, see it this way. He wants to change how we see things. I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And just as that's true in Peru, and we saw it, we could see on the people that they were ready to receive, that their hearts were open, that the harvest is white. Just as it's true in Peru, it's true here as well. It's true in the high desert, it's true in California, it's true in the United States of America. And so I wanna encourage you today to open your eyes and to see it the way the Lord tells us to see it. See the harvest is white. After being gone for 10 days, I promised a couple of my kids that I would take them out on a date when I got home to help them get through the time, right? So I took number three, Olive, to get a haircut and then to go to lunch. I said, baby, where do you want to go to lunch? We can go wherever you want. Like I'm trying to gear her towards not McDonald's and she picks McDonald's. I said, really? We could go here or here or here. No, I really want McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> then we go to McDonald's for the Happy Meal. And so as we're in McDonald's, I'm just looking around and the Lord opened my eyes that the same open hearts that are in Peru were in that McDonald's. Exactly the same way. And as I hope the Lord is instructing all of us, he's instructing me to see it the way he's telling me to see it.
is that through whatever perceived hardness people might exhibit, they are longing to be loved. They are longing to be part of a family that will not let them go, that will keep them close and will keep them by their side, that will say, this is going to tell me if you're in a rock group or not, come and see, right? Come with me, come and see. Just like the woman at the well went back to the town and said, come and see. And one person came with her. No. The whole town got up and they went with her. That one woman, the salvation of one woman caused the salvation of an entire city. And just as that happened with the woman at the well, I'm convinced that we're going to see that in the high desert, that the Peruvian church will see that same thing, that there will be some people who from, from one salvation, like a fire, will go and an entire family will be saved. An entire city will be saved. So not only is the harvest white here, I'm sure you would all agree that the harvest is white in America. That I know people in this church and in people in other churches have been crying out for America to see the salvation of our own country, of people in our country, because if they're unreached people, they're unreached people groups. So they're unreached people groups in our own country. And so I'm telling you today that God is answering that cry to save this nation. Next year, we will see one day LA. And so I want to encourage all of you to sow into that in some way. If the Lord tells you to go, I want you to go. And I don't want you to worry about the finances. It's going to be a lot cheaper than it was to go to Peru. Okay? I don't want you to worry about getting a passport because guess what? I don't think you need a passport. Okay? I don't want you to let anything stop you. If the Lord is telling you to participate in this way, participate in this way. You can Google One Day LA and you can get to the missions.me website and you can register right now. Okay? If God is telling you to sponsor someone to go, sponsor them to go and sow into that. God promises that what you sow, you will reap. He doesn't say, I'm going to, if you sow, I'll probably reap or I'll, I'll reap if I like you enough. He doesn't say that. He says, if you sow, you will reap. Whatever a man sows, that he reaps. Let's sow to the Spirit. If God is telling you to pray for this event that's coming up in a year and to start now, do it and sow into it in that way. Whatever the Lord is telling you to do in whatever way he's telling you to do, I want you to do it. Because we are here today to come to Jesus. And we are hearing his sayings. And what he asks is that we respond by doing what he says to do. Because without the doing, the other two are lost. It doesn't matter. So I think that it's probably time to close today. I would love for the prayer team to come up and be available. And also the worship team. 
as we close out this service? If the Lord is telling you today to do something, I'm asking you to commit to the Lord to do it. Our prayer team is available for you to come up and they will partner with you in that prayer to help support you and to help encourage you in doing the thing that the Lord is telling you to do. Because sometimes it feels scary. Sometimes it feels big. Could we dim the lights as well, please? And I don't want anything to hold anybody back. Because when we open our hand to the Lord and let go of whatever that thing is that we feel like we need to hold on to, when my hand is closed, holding on to something that I don't want to let go of, what can my hand not do? It can't receive anything. So as soon as I let go, my hand is open and ready to receive. As soon as I let go of the fear that I have about going and dancing on a street corner in Peru, like who does that? What kind of weird world do we live in? Then my hand is open when I let go of that emotion that I was feeling, that fear, that intimidation. It's open to be filled up by what the Lord wants to fill it with. And he does not disappoint. He will fill it with the thing that you need. When Rebecca let go of insecurity and her hand was open, the Lord filled it up with security to minister on his behalf. And just as he did it for Rebecca, he'll do it for all of you. So I'd like everyone to stand today.